as a newborn mother, you are being invited to reinvent yourself. Because when a baby is born, so is a mother. And the birth of a mother can be more intense than childbirth. You'll learn how to find peace and joy in the first 40 days after birth and how your postpartum experience can change your life. Hello and welcome to the Newborn Mothers Podcast. Today I have one of my graduates, uh, Ashley, on the show because she's done some really interesting research, really important research on the transition to motherhood. Um, And Ashley, do you want to explain a little bit about what you do? Hi, Julia. Yes, I'm Ashley and I'm from the Motherhood Circle. I support newborn mothers who want to overcome isolation, overwhelm and sleep deprivation. And I've created an online community for support and uh, for new mothers to find non-judgmental advice and resources. Yeah, sounds amazing. Um, And Ashley, you've got a little bit of local stuff and a little bit of online stuff. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I support mothers in a local way. So I run workshops and mother circles and also I'll be launching an online platform soon um, as well as my free Facebook group online. And whereabouts are you based? I'm based on North Gold Coast in Australia. And the research you did was Australia-wide or worldwide? It was Australia-wide. Yeah. And tell me why, um, why did you do this research? I wanted to know what women's expectations were around the postpartum and to see if they were getting support around postpartum. Look, I asked in the survey, I said to them, I'm wanting to get an idea of how new mothers were feeling or thinking before having their baby and then after having their baby because there's a big transition from before motherhood to transitioning into motherhood. And this survey was for those mothers who did not feel supported during the postpartum period, whatever that meant for them because there's so many different uh, feelings of being supported or not. And my aim was to support and nourish as many mothers as possible so that they can have a wonderful time with their new baby, because I believe that we all deserve the love and support the world has to offer, and I plan to bring more of that into the world. I love it. And I'm betting that you had so many responses, because my experience is when you ask women about their experience of the transition to motherhood. They have so many stories that they're desperate to talk to someone about and they feel that loneliness and that isolation. And the biggest question they're asking themselves usually is, am I the only one who feels this way? What's wrong with me? Why can't I cope? And they often don't realize that um, in fact, most of us are feeling like this. So yes. Did you get loads of responses? Yeah, I did. Usually when I put out a survey, it's really hard to get 10 to like 20 responses. And that's really, really trying. And I got over 135 responses within 24 hours. And I was just blown away by how many women were so eager to share their postpartum experiences with me. And I found that talking with women in postpartum, so many women are desperate to share their experiences and just talk about what had happened, what happened in birth, what happened in pregnancy, what happened in those first few months, even the first couple of years, just to, you know, find out if that was normal or just, you know, tell other people what was happening in their postpartum. But we've got to open that forum for them to be able to feel safe and actually feel that they can talk about those really raw motherhood stories. Because mm, there's always this fear, isn't there, that if you do open up and say, I'm really struggling, then people are going to judge you and think that you're a bad 
mum, you know, so there is yeah. a fear about sharing this. But at the same time, I think we, we are kind of breaking through this code of silence a little bit. I feel like this generation of mothers are perhaps more open and honest about their experiences. And because I think we've moved into this online world as well, we have more avenues to make sure our voices are heard and to realise that we're not alone. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting time. Um, I'd love to know what are some of the main things that you learned? What were the sort of key findings? There were heaps of key findings, um, but just having a think about some of the really main ones that really, like, stuck out for me. I was really surprised to find that 85% of the women who responded, so I had 135 women who responded to the survey, 85% of those women who responded were expecting support during the postpartum and 100% of them did not receive the support that they were expecting. Mm. And so we're, that was we're under this, this um, Yeah, we're under this delusion, aren't we? We think that we are going to get support. We think and that's a, a lot of people, you know, there's going to be a small number of people who realise that perhaps they don't have family around or they're not close with their family. They know that's not going to work out. But most of us think, oh, yeah, you know, my friends, my family, will will figure this out together. Yeah, and actually no one gets the support that they need. Yeah, I think there's so much to consider, like whether the person, whether the family's working, whether they live close to you, what kind of relationship you had before, what kind of relationship you have currently, you know, even having that conversation with people and seeing in what capacity that you feel that they could support you um, and what capacity they feel that they could support you and having that conversation. It just, so many women, myself included, expect, you know, and millions of people to be around to support you because you get so much support in pregnancy. Mm. And then unfortunately we find that once you've had the hold of that precious little bundle of joy, um, it kind of gets a bit boring and people don't seem to come mm. around anymore, which is really sad. Um, so I just found that so many mothers needed much more support than they're getting. And I was really heartbroken that when I was reading the responses, every time I read the responses, um, because I could really, I could really hear the hurt in the words that I was reading in the stories, and some of the words that just kept popping up were alone, isolated, overwhelmed, stressed. Like one lady said, one mother said, asking why breastfeeding wouldn't work. You know, just asking, sitting there alone, just asking those questions. These are the words of the mothers who responded to me. Well, I just want to like wrap them up and tell them that all doing an amazing job and like I just don't understand why it's so hard that, you know, they're not being provided this support. Yeah, absolutely. And I think pregnant women who are listening to this should really listen up and pay attention to this because even if you're in the 85% of, of pregnant women who think that you'll get the support you need, you're also in the 100% of women who do not get the support that they need. Like I don't rarely know of anyone who says, you know, yeah, it was awesome and I got all the help I needed. I mean, it just doesn't happen. So get more help than you think you need. And like Ashley's saying, really clearly ask people for what you need and find the right people who are going to be able to help you. But I think we also have this cultural problem, don't we, of people don't even know what you need. So even if people are willing, like people might have, like a pregnant woman might have her mum or a husband or a midwife, you know, even professionals who say that they're going to help and they try to help, but because we don't really have a good understanding of what postpartum women need, um, the help is often really not helpful at all. It's often the opposite and, and people will find that it's better to have no help than have the kind of judgment and advice 
you know, um, than that they are getting. Definitely. I felt so judged and I hear it all the time from new mothers, you know, they have their family around them or they have friends around them and they're constantly given advice that just doesn't feel right for them. And no matter how many times they say, look, I'm just going to try it my way. I'm just going to keep, you know, it just keeps the opinions keep coming and it just makes you feel so closed off. And then you end up saying, okay, I don't want you around. And then you're left with, you know, no one. And then you become lonely and isolated and, you know, you just go down another windy road and it's just so hard. Um, it is and, really and hard. It is really hard. It is a hard transformation. And I don't think even when you have the right support, it's still not easy, but the difference mm -hmm. is that it doesn't have to be suffering. It can be like yeah. a deep transformation and a big change in your life, but it can be in a space that is safe and, and held and nurtured so that that is a it's a it's a process it's a journey but it doesn't have to be suffering um yeah tell me a little bit about the different kinds of support because you you did also have another really interesting finding about the support that pregnant women thought they would need and then afterwards the support that they actually needed yes so the support that the mothers were thinking before they had their babies asked them while they were pregnant with their first uh, people to share the excitement, fear, change, hope and love. This, these are real words from real women. Friendship, hands-on help like tidying and holding the baby while showered and help with housework, physical task-orientated support. So I got a lot, of, a lot of housework coming to do physical things, hold the baby while I go to the have a shower or have a nap and really physical hands-on sort of help and I can understand why a lot of um, why when you think about what support you're going to need that's what you're going to think you're going to need and then what they said was when when we asked when I asked what support did you need the most a lot of it was emotional support so someone to talk to um, recovery and breastfeeding to have our privacy respected and to be emotionally supported not just physically someone to look after me reassurance, emotional support, someone to sit with me, help with breastfeeding, tell me I was doing a good job, that the exhaustion wouldn't last forever, and talking, being fed, loved, a friend, someone to talk to about anything and a shoulder to cry on. And, um, you know, that's a complete change to what they thought they needed and what they thought after they had their babies. Mm, and that's a really stark difference, isn't it? And it shows our cultural lack of understanding of that emotional transformation of the way that you change, um, you know, and that en enormous emotional journey you go on when you become a mother. And, you know, many other cultures will acknowledge that as a rite of passage and they'll have ceremonies and rituals around that celebrate and support the mother through this time. Um, and, of course, the practical help is also needed. It, you know, you do need someone to make sure that the, you, there's food on the table and, you know, the older kids are dropped at school and you get to have a shower and whatever. But um, that's absolutely not the end of the story. And, and without the emotional support, it's just definitely not enough. And one of the favourite quotes that I've actually taken from you, Julia, is mothering the mother because that just perfectly explains exactly what new mothers need and what 
newborn mothers need. They just need someone to mother them in whatever capacity it is. Every day it changes, every hour, every minute it changes, whether it's just holding them, holding space for them, making a hot cup of tea, holding the baby, just reassuring them, getting them something to, you know, a nice nourishing meal or putting them to bed. That's really what they need, isn't it? Just mothering the mother. Absolutely. And, you know, I actually got that phrase from a woman called Sally Plaxon, who I think she's in New York. She's definitely in the US somewhere. And she had a long time ago, I think in the 70s or 80s, she started a radio show where she would interview people about um, their postpartum traditional care, you know, from different cultures. Mm. Um, and then she's now written, well, a long time ago, and it's, you know, many, it has many print runs by now, but she has a book called Mothering the Mother, which is exactly oh, about that. Oh, has she? Is she the lady who wrote about Sarah from Uganda? I think that's from her book, yes. She has yeah. a bunch of stories in there which are really beautiful. Oh, I have to get my hands on that book because I obviously am drawn to her. She obviously yes. has a very beautiful way. Yes, yep. And Sally Plaxon, yep, she's, she's great. And I completely agree with that sentiment that, that whilst we think we need just the practical cooking cleaning, shopping kind of help, and we do, definitely what we need most of all is that, um, is that just that uh, holding space, that emotional um, support as well. Um, so what, were, what was it like? Tell me what their experiences were actually like. So I got a lot of responses. I asked questions where they could give me their response and their words so that I could see exactly how they were feeling. So I asked them, what do you think new mothers need the most? So they've been through this transformational experience and they're reflecting back. So this is what some of the mothers said, compassion and empathy, reassurance, being a new mum takes uh, makes you feel wholly unprepared to do anything someone to focus on them rather than all the focus on the baby home visits nourishment nurturing encouragement to be told they're doing the best job they can possibly be doing and that they're all their baby needs they need to know it's okay to feel lost defeated and hopeless they need to know they're not alone and that everyone feels these things in some form or another they need to know that motherhood is so much harder than anything else you've ever expected but it's worth every tear and sleepless night they need someone to tell them that they're doing a great job and someone else said help with the little things sleep and help at home that really resonates with me what they've just said I completely agree. And you know, one that really stands out there is one woman said, being a new mum makes you feel wholly unprepared to do anything, which is exactly the opposite of the way we'd want a new mum to feel. Yeah. Ideally, a new mum would go through this process of this transformation and come out the other side feeling confident and prepared, you know, and strong and capable but instead, uh, the way that our system works just completely mm. undermines all of her intuition, all of her trust in her body and her baby and her ability to do things. And so she comes out the other end with feeling completely useless and, and hopeless and like it's never going to work and she's not enough and all of that kind of thing. So, you know, those experiences just really show the difference that if these women had that emotional support, how better prepared would they be for their mm. life, their new life ahead? I know we just go through this big funnel, don't we? We go to school and we get told what to do and then we go to work and we get told what to do and then we get pregnant and we get told what to do and we 
we go to plan our birth and we're told what we're going to do. And, you know, even when our baby's going to be born for a lot of women, you know, with inductions and schedules and that sort of thing. And then we have our baby and then we given our baby we go home and then some of us will have a, a you know a health nurse that will come out a complete stranger and so then we're told what to do again most of the time and then we're left alone and then we look at our partners and we look around and we say okay so what do we do and when mm-hmm. we're never taught to trust ourselves and then ever like there's, we, we then are told go to the GP and then we're told what to do and it's like a never-ending cycle of, you know, when are we going to give the power back to the mothers and the families for them to be able to make these choices and mm-hmm. to actually do what they know is right for their baby? Because the minute that I started to do what I felt was right for my family, everything was peaceful, everything was easy and it would just flowed. It was just natural. When I stopped listening to wake your baby after four hours and give your baby a formula top up and whatever else the advice was, you know, I never did this with my baby. And I, and it's so overwhelming and confusing, the different blog posts, the different information you see, you know, your friends giving you information, your mother-in-law, all these people giving you so much conflicting information that we really need to learn to listen to ourselves and, you know, trust that we know that we will figure it out and it's okay to make mistakes. That's something that I learned from you, Julia, is that it's okay for mothers to make mistakes and that's the best gift that you can ever give a mother. Yeah, well, obviously I agree. <laughs> I'm <honest. laughs> I was going to say, I agree. I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm going on. <laughs> but no, it really, it really is such an empowering thing to say to a woman, you know what, you don't need all this information advice. You've got a perfectly designed body, a perfectly designed brain. You've got a beautiful baby in your arms telling you exactly what to do. Just, um, just you just need someone to tell you you're doing a great job. Yeah. Keep on going. <laughs> and just have those people around you who are going to tell you you're doing a good job is just what's going to help you dig into, you know, what exactly it is that you need to do so that, you know, you've got that person mothering you. You've got those people around you supporting you and you know you're doing a good job and you'll stumble and make mistakes, but then you'll learn from those mistakes and then that'll make you a much more confident mother and you'll learn because that's what mothering's all about, isn't it? Just making mistakes and learning. Exactly. And I'm still making mistakes. My oldest is eight years old. <laughs> we all are. <laughs> We will be until the day we die because we're just—it's all brand new. Exactly. And one day, every stage is grandma. Brand new. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we'll yeah. never—we'll never know. <laughs> so tell me what their experiences were like. So they obviously, hundred percent of them didn't get the support that they needed. Um, and what what happened then? So I asked them you know, how was your postpartum? What was it like? So I asked them to explain to me what their postpartums were like. So I took out a couple of examples that really stuck out for me. So um, one lady said, the initial support was good as everyone wants to be around a new baby, but then it dies off, especially after the recovery in inverted commas, the recovery period, if that even has a time frame, because she was a C-section mum. So mm-hmm. I guess for her, six weeks, you don't need no more help. See you later. Mm, which is a strong expectation even for non-section mums isn't it there's this idea that at some point you'll just bounce back and get back to normal and you know get on with your life and I think that for women who deliver vaginally it's probably a lot less as well you know a couple of weeks and yes I've heard 
you know, friends tell me about stories where, you know, someone's turned around and said, well, you're not pregnant anymore, so carry this heavy box, like, a week after she'd yeah. given birth or something like that. Mm. And I was just, she, you know, the lady didn't know she'd never had a baby, but just thinking that your body bounces right back and everything's, you know, you've just, it's just... That's yeah, thing, you know? and you only need to talk to a few new mums to realise the huge problems that women have with their, yeah, their pelvic floor, their lower back, yeah. their abdominal strength. You know, we could go on and on. Prolapses, know. You what know. about your boobs? Your boobs oh. are so sore because <laughs> like, they're so again. sore. <laughs> I know. Everything's coming back from, you know, nine months of growing a baby. So it's going to take a while and a lot of rest and a lot of, you know, a lot of nourishing food and, and time to really come back to how you were before. And that's okay. We don't have to rush this process. Um, but I'll read out some of the other examples as well, uh, some of the other um, some of the other wordings. Yes, so yes. not enough clinical support, especially when, when found out a baby had tyres, which were neglected by the hospital and felt abused by the at-home care nurse. The first few weeks were a mess and you're not prepared for that. Another lady says, very dark, very lonely. I didn't realise I had PND. And I was alone from the time Bub was four weeks old from 8am to 8pm every day. I couldn't feed Bub and was in, uh, encouraged to express, uh, express, which was a whole other challenge in itself. Um, another mother said, long, uneducated and painful. Had trouble feeding my son, so I became an exclusive pumper, which was awful. Had a large tear and I didn't really know how to help heal it at all. Another mum says, I am home alone seven days a week, 24-7. My husband's overseas. No, Not one friend has offered to help me. Not even cooked me a meal or even brought me a coffee. And this other lady says, I had twins and my friends made no effort to even visit or see how I was going. Isolated, confusing, tiring, heartbreaking, depressing, depressing, exhausting and so, so lonely. Just hearing the words, very lonely, isolating, stress-filled, tiring, over and over and over again, Julia. Mm, it's really, I mean, it's hard to read, isn't it, when you it keep is. saying hundreds of mothers feeling this way. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. So um, the big question, what are you doing about it? So I just recently, over the last week or so, I sat down with Antonia from Peaceful Postnatal and we ran an interview, a, um, a video interview. So we basically sat down and, and uh, Antonia interviewed me and so I got all of the results and information on this one video. So I'm hoping that I can share this with other doulas, other birth workers, other women who support uh, women in postpartum so that they can actually understand how mothers are feeling and help them to support new mothers and actually see how they're feeling and have a bit of empathy to next time they're working. I know that so many women who work in this space have so much love and empathy for mothers, but I think even for me who I feel very empathetic and I'm very fresh out of postpartum myself, I feel that this was just a burst of energy to just remind me of exactly how it was, even though it was, how long ago was it? It was about 18 months ago I was in postpartum myself, but it quickly fades away, the intense feelings and the rawness. Um, I also be doing a couple of blog posts. So I'll break them down into a couple of blog posts and send them out to people on my news list and um, 
on my newsletter list, I should say, and also on my social media. Yeah, that's great. And you put together a few little tips for people. So if people are pregnant and they're kind of thinking, holy crap, you've just scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> what, yeah. um, what can they do about this? So we talked a little bit about it before, but uh, I think we did anyways. But I think there's no, there's no late time to start building your village. I'm still building my village. And I found motherhood, you know, puts you in that position where you need to start building a village. So looking at those around you who actually are supportive of you and seeing how they do support you and how they can support you. Are they non-judgmental? Are they a really great cook? where they, you know, your mum might be really great at cooking, but maybe she's not really that supportive. So maybe she can drop around a few meals for you so you don't have to stress about getting nourishing food. Or maybe you've got a really good friend who, you know, you know is just going to be able to sit there and hold space for you and, you know, watch your baby while you go and have a shower. Um, just recognising those people around you. And if you don't have any of those people, going and finding online communities and spaces or looking out for pregnancy activities like prenatal yoga, prenatal Pilates or anything that suits you um, where pregnant women are going to be doing activities, swimming or anything like that, where you can actually start connecting with local women. There are community hubs as well all around Australia where you can reach out and find that support. Um, I would also recommend that you write down three people who can help you with um, certain things. Write down what they can do, like I've just discussed, you know, whether it's washing, cooking, holding your baby while you're sleeping or shower, um, taking you to appointments, listen to you, um, all the things that Julia and I were talking about before. And also another one is setting up a meal train. And I would just get a friend to organise this when you have your baby shower or mother blessing. Um, www.mealtrain.com it's a really great way to schedule ill in people to make meals for you or little snacks and they can bring it around in the first few weeks of postpartum or even you know beforehand you can have it in your freezer I love it I, I especially love your point of that not everyone can help you in particular ways you know everyone has yeah. different ways that they can help you and a lot of the time we put too much pressure on one person like a lot of women yeah. just rely on their husband for yeah. everything and some husbands are really good at cooking some mm. are really happy to be hands-on with the baby and others love cleaning but it's unlikely that your husband is going to be able to do all of that and take you to appointments and hold your the yeah. space for you emotionally as well as the fact that it's fairly unlikely that he's had experience with things like breastfeeding. So um, <laughs> you definitely want to be thinking about who yeah. in your life who can help you with all of the different things that you're going to need and don't just put all your eggs in one basket. Definitely, because if that person gets sick with a cold, they're out of the game for a few weeks at least. Mm -hmm. So you, just that alone, but it's also good to have such a varied, you know, someone with so many different skills that you can call on in your, in your time of need, um, which is so good. Um, I also, uh, I think, I think that's, yeah, I think that was it. Wasn't it mealtrain.com? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. We mentioned that. No, I love all those tips. So yes, if, if anyone's listening at home, go, you know, and you're pregnant, go and go and do that. Go and find people who can help you and think of what they're good at. Set up a meal train um, and really it's never too late to start as Ashley mentioned whether you're pregnant it, even if you've got a one-year-old or two-year-old and you're still feeling like oh my gosh I'm still feeling isolated and overwhelmed um, you know it's time to time to start that now 
And, and what if people need um, your help, Ashley? Where can people find you and, you know, perhaps get your emails or come along to a local event on the Gold Coast? Yes, I would love to... Um I would love to hear from you. So if you would like to contact me, you can jump into my Facebook group. It's called the Motherhood Circle Community Group and it's just on Facebook. It's completely free and we've got mothers in there so you can find non-judgmental support. Um, I support any kind of parenting, so come in there. We are judgment-free. And also on my website, I've created a postpartum plan. It's a free plan to help you if you're currently pregnant or you're currently in your postpartum period. I think it's a 10-page document and it's got so many wonderful um, tips and tricks and information and questions in there for you to get organised for your postpartum. And you can find that on the website. Just head to www.themotherhoodcircle.com.au. I love it. We'll put those links up with the podcast um, in the show notes. And do you have anything else to add, Ashley? No, I just want to send, I really just want to send love and blessings to everyone and, and every mother out there who's had a baby and having a baby and to know that, um, that we're here. We're here to support you all. All of us are here. I love it, Ashley. And I agree. We're all in this together. And, you know, if you're ever feeling alone, please do reach out. Um, and there are many, many places you can reach out to professionals like Ashley. You can reach out to your GP. You can reach out to your friends and family. Um, you can reach out, you know, in, in Facebook communities. So definitely don't suffer in silence. Together we can make a big difference to the way that women are experiencing the transformation to motherhood. Thanks so much, Ashley. Thank you. All right. And I'll see everyone else on the podcast next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Newborn Mothers podcast. Together, we can change the way that women experience the transformation to motherhood. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Plus, you can join the postpartum renaissance over at www.newbornmothers.com. See you next time.